to this might be a podcast the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time they might be giants today this one could get out of control very quickly i have returning matt monta musician extraordinaire you've heard him on the rabid child episode and the alienations for the rich episode and uh, i've got a newbie Mr. Jerome Hammersbach here to talk about the song The Mesopotamians. We've been driving around from one end of this town to the other and back. But no one's ever seen us driving our Econoline band. And no one's ever heard of our band. We're the Mesopotamians. Sargon, Hammurabi, Ashurbana, Pal, and Gilgamesh Then they wouldn't understand a word we say So we'll scratch it all down into the clay Half believing there will sometime come a day Someone gives a damn Maybe when the concrete has crumbled And we're the Mesopotamians Sargon, Hammurabi, Ashurbana, Pal, and Gilgamesh the Mesopotamish sun is beating down. I've been driving around. That's where the song clip goes. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah. Hey, fellas. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Look at this. So this is a new one, and we just fucked around for like a half hour as I tried to figure out uh, the logistics of recording one person in studio, Jerome, and one person on a call, Mr. Matt Monta in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia to be exact. How are things in Virginia? Warm. It's seventy degrees today, um, and so I'm I'm in a t-shirt and comfortable. So is Virginia still for lovers? It's yeah. In fact, I think they're celebrating a uh, hundred years of being for lovers. <laughs> I'm not joking. Not they're joking. like doing a big yes. celebration. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's great. So like 101 years ago, it was like the town from Footloose all over. And then yep. 100 years no ago. No one was allowed over. to dance. <laughs> that's great. Uh, so there, actually, people there are can, some really uh, weird laws. Yeah, <laughs> there is a big delay on this. Um, is there a big delay? Okay. Are there? No, we'll, we'll deal with it. It's fine. Since you're sending me your own audio, I'll be able to get it sounding not as awkward. Uh, are there are there weird laws there like uh, that that people don't believe are true? I don't know that people don't believe or they're not true, but um, I know someone told me that you're not allowed to dance in like certain uh, 
jurisdictions unless you have a license. Like, unless you pay for a permit for dancing, like, it's illegal for people to dance in, in your restaurant or bar. I'm calling Kevin Bacon. <laughs> it's kind of like how some bars, I know, uh, you remember Java Roasters here in town? They got in trouble for having live music from someone that told on them for through, like, ASCAP or something. Because uh-huh. you're technically supposed to... Even for playing music over your thing, you're supposed to be, you know, musicians getting their licensing royalties and whatnot. And if you have live music, which I'm sure there are other bars in town that are not paying their (laughs) whatever live music BMI ASCAP stuff, but they do that for dancing. (laughs) Yeah, there's all kinds of weird liquor laws here, too. The South Shall Rise Again laws. Let's uh okay, so I will direct people to the Alienations for the Rich episode and the Rabbit Child episode, which are both yep. fantastic with uh Matt here, and you can find out about his uh history with uh They Might Be Giants fandom. But Jerome here has never been on the show. So uh Jerome, uh what uh what's the deal with your fandom of They Might Be Giants? Well, let's hold up here for just a moment that I've never been on the show proper, but I did answer a question in your live forum portion of the oh, yeah. Don't Let's Start live episode. <laughs> Back last February. And I played uh, as part of our They mm-hmm. Might Be Giants cover band, uh, The Exquisite Dead Guys. Uh, yeah, really, I should be introducing you guys not by name, but just as The Exquisite yeah. Dead Guys. Right. We're dead. Yeah. Guys. We're rotating in our display case. So... <laughs> It's fun, funny enough, we haven't actually covered that song. Uh, yeah, anyway, so, I, so I, I've, <laughs> yes, flir- I've, I've flirted with the podcast. You have. I'll say. You've been on the outskirts. <clears throat> it's true. And, and I've listened to the podcast. Uh, uh, High five. Yeah, because I love Matt and I like Greg. <laughs> he was drinking. I want to see if I get a spit take uh, on the air. Um, <laughs> that was real. <laughs> that was real that time. Um, no, so my my fandom with they might be giants has not uh, has grown substantially since befriending Greg for sure. Um, but I, <laughs> I actually, tend to do that to people, rub off on them. It's yeah. true, and then I'm listening to the Mountain Goats, and then I'm just like, I have a mustache now. It's getting out of hand. Um, <laughs> uh, so I uh, <laughs> I remember as a uh, as a young boy, uh, I listened to uh, Istanbul off of a VHS tape that I found amongst uh, some stuff at my dad's friend. Dave's house. We uh, used to go yeah. over there. He had a drum kit. Nice. And he had all of Star Trek The Next Generation on VHS. <laughs> and he had uh, Istanbul on VHS. Just that on an entire VHS tape. Just- okay. So my question is that um, was it the official music video with like the paper mache things or was it the Tiny Tunes video? Tiny Tunes. There you go. Boom. Yep. So that that was an that was an early on nugget, and then uh, I couldn't stop tapping my toe during the first uh, thirty nine seconds of Malcolm in the Middle, so uh, <laughs> I read the credits, uh, and that kind of stuck in my brain. So I did learn that in my in my longer haired youth days. And you know they did the majority of the music for that, not just the theme. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so so I I I I'd had awareness, uh, and then. Greg started to really drum up, uh, <laughs> drum up the fandom in, in in the greater Lafayette area, and you started to drum it up with the exquisite dead guys. Because Jerome here is known for his guitar prowess, but he likes to uh, 
I wouldn't say dabble. It's more than dabble in other instruments, such as the keyboard-flavored instruments. No, dabble's and, the right word. Okay, dabble. <laughs> Maybe even dibble. Dibble-dabble. <laughs> and uh, so the first time that we did Exquisite Dead Guys at the open mic at Professor Joe's Pizza, because we're big time, yeah. uh, what did we play that very first time? Play Climbing the Walls. Climbing the Walls. And uh, Experimental Film. Right? The very first time? Or did we do no? Or did we? No, Matt? we didn't do it the first time. Did, no, I think oh, we, no, did, we did uh, James um, Polk. Alienations for the rich. Did we do Mesopotamians right off the bat? That's a hard one. I think we didn't because it was it's such a diff, it was such a difficult tune to get our heads around. Yeah, the canon that we waited like the second or third time. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, did we do because you sang lead on? Um, we did number three, right? No, did we we, no. we do uh, Dr. Worm? No. no. I know we did number three at one point with you and lead, Matt. Number three. Yeah. And Which I ask him, what's his name? Has he ever gotten oh, writer's yeah. block or something like the same? Yeah, he just started talking. Yeah, I think we... We did that I can't once. I remember what we did first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I slept did, didn't you then. capture a video of it, or, or Jason's wife get, get a video of it, or something? Yeah, Jennifer. Rainy. Jennifer did video of not of our very first performance, I don't think, but she, but she got one of them. That's probably good though. We got Polk on video with uh, Derek on ukulele. <laughs> yeah, we got that one. Oh, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, yes, it was good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so we're just babbling, and people have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, we're we're just catching up. You know, Matt moved away, and we're sad. Yeah. And um, our job here is to guilt him enough to make his wife switch jobs and come back <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm sure she would have stayed. It's the Purdue Just doesn't like to offer. Of, of... <laughs> right. You're just outside with a, with a sign that says, we'll teach Spanish for food. Yeah. Right outside Professor Joe's while we'll we're inside. Spanish literature. Yeah. While Actually, we're inside playing for no money. Hey, you know, <laughs> right. the big market it is spinning signs right now, not just holding them. So, gotta get there and spinning. spin that sign that says yeah. learn Spanish. Yeah. And she could do like those inflatable guy moves and just flail everywhere. Oh, sure. Wacky wable, inflatable arm flailing tube men. <laughs> so, so Mesopotamians became one of the songs that we, uh, that we were specialized in. And we performed it both with you on guitar and then after you. Left us uh, with um, <laughs> Parker Parker Denny on guitar, uh, and he made it onto the version that we'll play later in the show. Uh, that was at the live "Don't Let's Start" event with uh, lots of live music. Yes, which featured Jerome on a bunch of songs with Frank Muffin, his his main gig, yeah. and then uh, some very hilariously uh, loose, <laughs> exquisite Dead Guys covers, yeah. which I'm going to blame Parker for mostly. Yeah, that's fair. And we need to make sure he listens to this episode. So He'll never he, listen to this. Well, tell him that I besmirch his good name. <laughs> we'll just talk, we'll tell him how good, we well, were talking about how good his gear is, and then he'll listen to it. <laughs> yeah, the guy's really good guitar. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Mesopotamians is a hard song, you it know. It is a crazy hard song. Oh, it's, it's very difficult. It's written by a pianist, not made for ease on guitar. Yeah, you got changes in meter. You've got like, <sighs> you know, it's it's a rough time. It's like let's let's throw D minor, like one of every guitarist's favorite chords, in there. I actually really like D minor. 
Well, yeah, but if you're like, I mean, it's just one of those chords that. I mean, I'm a D minor. As an open chord, it's one that people don't play. Oh, that's a whole fair. Lot. I'm a D minor sus guy, to be fair. <sighs> I see. I'm gonna sus seven if I'm feeling saucy. Suss it out. I'm just gonna suss it out. So, uh, uh, Mesopotamians, let's um, let's just get right into it here, and I think first, you know what? First, let's let's talk about that music video before we get into different Ooh, versions. The video. Jerome wants to watch the video here. Are you familiar with the video? Me? Yeah, I've watched it like four times already. Okay, yeah, I want to hear it again. Let, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna watch it over here. Do it. Do it. Do this is one where it's an adult song. Um, there is maybe one or questionable word. I mean, they don't swear a lot, but this is one I've shown to like third graders before. We're just like, hey, we got an extra minute. They, everyone knows I like they might be giants. Wait, what? What word is questionable? Um, don't they say damn in there? I'm gonna need to look. Maybe. Um, one of those that like adults don't even pick up on is a bad word. <laughs> but it's not like a school word. Huh. There's yeah, when one. you were saying that this is an adult song, I was kind of thinking when I was watching the video earlier today that it is an adult song, but the video is excessively creepy and access instead of excess. It's like excess. It's like cartoonishly, adorably creepy. Right. And and that's what they might be trying to straddle that line between like, oh, this is a really fun song and like, oh, wait, there's like, something going on here. <laughs> like the bird album cover is upsetting to me a little bit. Yeah. Oh, the cover to, to the else. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the yeah. Else, yeah. yeah. It's a little upsetting. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that bird is about to tell everybody. Okay. Here's the lyric. Um, they wouldn't understand a word we say. So we'll scratch it all down into the clay. Half believing there will sometime come a day. Someone gives a damn. Oh Maybe yeah. When the concrete has crumbled to sand. Yeah. That'll make third graders. So damn wheel. is in there. All right. Jerome and I are going to, if the president, yeah. if the president can just say like, worse on TV, it's really in passing that they wouldn't even notice. Really, but, I just sneeze loudly at that point, and then they don't know. <laughs> I gave a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I just rip a fart. It's much better. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna watch. They'd this. love it. Uh-huh. We've been driving around from one end of this town. To the other. Some cool production of the video I really like. Um, yeah. It's clear that they're using a combination of like actual animation and the actual filming of these frames with like shadows and stuff that yeah. aren't animated. They're actual physical shadows. Are you watching it right now? Yes. Oh, I can't hear you. I, I know, it's just coming through our headphones so you can't hear it. This is musicians react to They Might Be Giants. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're good. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so the um, the director is David Cowles, who has collaborated with the band many more times uh, since then, and their uh, most recent album. Well, they had a bunch in 2018, but the Escape Team, which came out uh, December of 2018, uh, was a collaboration with this dude who did a comic book. And they might be giants did a song for each character of the comic book. So it was the same guy, David Cowles. So um, all the little music videos. He's, he's done other music videos for them too. But it is a very cool style. Like, Jerome, what were you saying? I'm not sure if we got a good level on that. You said before. I'm saying it is an accessible 
level of creepy, like access <laughs> instead of excess. Uh, like, you know, it's it's cartoonishly adorably creepy. It's not like off-putting, but like we were saying earlier, it is one of those things, like They Might Be Giants does straddle that line where you kind of look at it and you're like, oh. That's a little. That's a. That's a little edgy. That's a little edgy for being that adorable. I love how at one point, uh, which guy is it? One of their jaws falls off. I think it's um. Oh, the guy that's jaws off. Yeah, it's this. It, wait, let's see. So if they're in order, I'm confused which guy is which. Yeah, Gilgamesh. I think his jaw falls off when they're in like the uh, the. I don't know, what would you call it? It's almost like in the Queen video. Yeah, it's like, oh, like no, no, it's Beatles, actually. Beatles. Be- um, meet yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they've got the four heads and his jaw just falls off. And that is kind of creepy, but kids think it's hilarious. They laugh at it every time. <laughs> and then, but my very favorite part is at the end. Let me play this very end here, Jerome. So as the song ends... Wait for it. Nice, yeah, yeah. The little like I don't know what is that a goat, a goat? or a wildebeest? Some a sort of weird. Goats were around in Mesopotamia. Yeah, totes, totes, goats. They totes were. Uh, yeah, and the animation is the cool kind of. I mean, it's pretty much all grayscale, like blacks and whites. But then you'll have like the it occasion looks like, uh, charcoal. Kind of looks char- like charcoal a little bit. Yeah, and then you'll have the occasion like reddish hue, like the stick of gum. And what else we get? Well, the Mesopotamians logo is red. So those things really pop out because the rest of it's all kind of uh, grayish. Yeah. It does look charcoalish. Oh, there yeah. we got red guitar. Yeah, it kind of looks like a kind of like it has a hint of that kind of like Hanna-Barbera 60s kind of vibe to a little bit. Totally. It gives you that kind of like edge lit kind of sketchiness. Like it's kind of undefined a little bit. Yeah, a lot mm-hmm. of things have got to focus a little bit. What are your th- What are your thoughts on the the video, Matt? Uh, yeah, it, it seems like it's a it's a promotional video for uh, a TV show or comic book that never got made. Like it's like the, like it's like a, the opening it's credits brilliant. for a television program. Right, right. You you nail it. Yeah, it's like a, it can kind of get, yeah. They they should make a whole series based on the Mesopotamians. I'd watch it with Dune buggy. What was there an <laughs> intention buggy. to do that, or was this like is that part of the background of no. this of this song? No, no, no. Um, tisn't. But I was looking at the the chronology tab on the wiki, which is very useful for the '90s songs, really, and up to like maybe 2001, 2002 era, where they were demoing stuff. And these demos would surface, or they'd do a rough dial-a-song version, and then later would go on an album. But once you get into like this far, uh, uh, being from the Else, which we haven't even said yet, but most fans would know it's from the Else. It's the closer of the Else, which was from uh, 2007. But by the time they got to that era, they weren't. You can't really find demos because they had. Easy access. I mean, recording technology was getting better. They would just release the real version. But there is apparently a demo for this that is unreleased that, I don't know, the year says 2013, meaning I guess it surfaced in 2013, but it says unreleased. I'm going to see if I can dig that up. Uh, I don't don't have it right now, but I was looking at it today, and there's a couple people I know. There's one guy I know who edits for the wiki, and there's other guys that are like even you know bigger fans that put me to shame. 
and um, maybe one of them has it, but there may or may not be a demo that we can hear for this one. If there is, I'll drop it in right here. That was so interesting. It's, I know it's an auto. It's really auto harp heavy. Yeah, it says here it's it's stripped down auto harp heavy demo for a book project. So maybe it was not to be a TV show, but it's some sort of animated or not animated, but illustrated book uses different lyrics and doesn't have the bridge. A graphic novel or something. Get that vibe. Right. So these are the notes from the wiki about what it sounds like. Well, you said this was David Cow, right? Yes. And he did, they did songs for some of his comic books. So since he's a comic book guy, like a graphic, you know, print mm-hmm. guy, it would make sense if this accompanied some sort of print project, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tracks. Yep. Let's watch them do it live on Conan. Yeah, please. What do you think? Did you watch this already, Matt? I did. Okay. Uh, Jerome, you want to watch it? Yes. Let's watch it. At least the first little bit. I love Conan. Yeah, Conan's great. Children's album, and on the last Friday Tonight of show? each month, you can catch them at yes. Le Poisson Rouge right here in Manhattan. Please welcome for the 13th time the pride of Brooklyn. They might be giants. <laughs> I gotta get Conan on the show. They're friends. <laughs> that would be so cool. And back, but no one's ever seen us. I think it's Lincoln and Darwin, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Linnell's got pictures on his keyboard stand there, man. I don't know if you noticed. 
I mean, that one's obviously Lincoln's portrait. Um, yeah, Charles Darwin and Lincoln. I do think that's too confused. Yeah, it is Darwin, yeah, okay. okay. now I just want to watch the bass part for the chorus. I like hearing that guitar more. That was the bass part I was never able to get. I'm going to tell you what, that bass is in Tone Town. That's great. Tone Town, yeah. Yeah. Of slides going up yeah. there. Awesome. See, I always did it. I I would slide up, um, but I didn't do it as complicated as he did. I would do the slide, and I'd get up like above the twelve and do it all up there when we do it and do some slides. But and it, I never got exactly the way he does it. But I'm like, if I'm singing lead at the same time, I got to simplify it a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. Know. What I find interesting about this video is that they go just one guitarist, and Flansburg is just singing and he's not the lead singer so he's just standing there without a guitar with his mic stand uh doing like the axel rose thing tilting the mic stand back uh but he doesn't have a guitar he's just singing and he's the backup singer i find that curious that's so that feels so awkward yeah matt isn't that awkward (laughs) uh i agree and and it's like he didn't have a prominent vocal part either and, and so he's just kind of like sandwiched between the two guitar players. So it's kind of like, hey, who's this guy win a contest to get on the show or something? I mean, it's like he, he doesn't, it doesn't look like he's part of the band. You, you guys would be way more brutal. I mean, it must feel, it must feel awkward for him to not have a guitar on. That's what I meant. Uh, but. Yeah. I mean, like, so on, I mean, at least as far as well, the wiki credits go, I mean, the else is a very heavy guitar album, but he's listed as, Flansburg plays guitar and Miller plays guitar, but then here, just Miller? Like, why don't they just beef up those guitars? Even if they're just playing the same chords, you double it. I don't, I don't mean to come across as, like, harsh or critical, but if, if you didn't know who They Might Be Giants are, mm-hmm. you'd probably be like, well, who's this? Is that other guy normally? Does he just sing? Like, what does he do? He's not singing a main part. He doesn't have an instrument. Like, what's what's his deal? I, I and so I, I I mean I agree with Greg. I think it's just it's sort of the format is just a little unusual. It's like when the Who when uh you know when Pete Townsend would do a song on lead oh, yeah. and Roger Daltrey just kind of stand in there swinging the mic around. <laughs> hey, he played tambourine. Yeah, <laughs> with some tassels on it. Hey, I love The Who, but that was kind of like weird. It's got to be weird. It's like, oh, great. This guy's going to have a little bit of a solo career, and I don't know how to write songs, so I'm totally screwed when <laughs> that happens. <laughs> Daltrey's Dol- <laughs> Dol- solo albums were garbage. Yeah, they ain't so good. <laughs> anyway, 
that's neither here nor there. But yeah, that, that, that's kind of odd. So uh, then I also I sent you um, an MP3 of one that is not on YouTube. They they do keep good control over some of their stuff, like this Elm at Large uh, was a live album that was released just for their fan club members, and they have apparently kept a pretty good stranglehold, or the, fa- the, or the fan club members are intentionally not putting it up on YouTube for all the freeloaders. I wasn't in the fan club at the time, but I got it sent to me. And we're going to, let's listen to the uh, version of the Mesopotamians from the at large album. Cause it sounds pretty tasty. Let's see if there's two guitars in this one. Cause you know, I didn't, uh, let's see if there's two guitarists, if we can tell. Ooh, I'm in. All right. We've been driving around from one end of this town to the other and back. But no one's ever seen us. No one's ever seen us. Driving our account line band. And no one's ever heard of our band. We're the Mesopotamians. What do you think, Matt? We think there's two guitars and they're panned to each side. I don't know if you listen to it on headphones or not. I miss them. Matthew! Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think they're panned to each side. Um, I think uh, we got got some crunch on our left there. Got some j- jangly, open, probably upper register, higher voiced yeah. stuff there. And then the piano down the center. Yeah. It's chunky. It's really good yeah, sounding there's someone, live recording. There's someone with a... Like a muted rhythm, and then there's someone doing um, open chords. Yeah, so why didn't they do that on Conan? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, so I don't know why they didn't do it on Conan. I mean, this live performance uh, was recorded later, so maybe they fine-tuned the uh, live-ness of it. Because I've seen them perform the Mesopotamians, and I'm fairly confident, unless my memory fails me, that Flansburg was playing guitar. Man, I wonder if there's some sort of major production issue. Maybe, his, yeah. get, maybe his, get, his rig went out on Conan, and they're just like, well, fuck it, let's not yeah. mess with uh, well, it. I mean, you got we'll Jimmy Vivino. Yeah, why didn't Jimmy Vivino be like, here's here's my amp. This isn't the roots. They're not going to jump in there like, you know, Questlove drumming for Phil Collins. <laughs> though, though, you know, um, Mark uh, Pender, oh, the sure, trumpet yeah, player yeah, for Conan, yeah. He's the trumpet player on the studio version of Dr. Worm. He's the dude that hits that high note that I couldn't find anyone to play, so we had your bandmate, Brittany, play piccolo. <laughs> Man, that's a... <laughs> on our cover. Outdoor Velour cover. Yeah. I mean, that, he gets around, too, because I think he was playing with uh, uh, David Byrne's American Utopia as well. Really? Yeah, that dude's got some range. And, I mean, you could tell at the end of the Conan theme, he's just like... <laughs> like, you know, the camera would come in, oh, sure, swoop, yeah. swoop into Conan, and he'd be like... He's got some range. Chops. Yeah, so that At Large album was recorded in the fall of 2011. So the the one that we watched on Conan was... I, I must have been 2007. I mean, they were promoting the album. So Yeah. I will say, uh, he, um, vocally, really leaning into those uh, um, kind of slurry, sloppy... Uh, 
uh, <laughs> dragon pronunciations there on that on that live version. Yeah, making around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love when when Linnell uh, just really digs into his like creaky kind of nasally. I mean, I love his voice, but like sometimes he'll just like accentuate those Leo qualities to the other and back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fun. Tell you what, one thing I've been itching to talk about about this song. What's that? Is the Beatles connection here, both in the lyrics and obviously in the video. Okay. Because um, I think the video is more kind of like a monkey's takeoff than a Beatles, but the monkeys are Beatles takeoff. Sure. So I think it's down the line. It's in the lineage. Down, down as, as some writing terms go, down the line. Uh, and also in um, the lyrics here, let's see here. Got them right up here too. Yeah, I'm reading. Sure, this. Um, I thought you were looking on your watch. I'm reading these <laughs> lyrics on my watch. I'm scrolling one word at a time. No, I've got the lyrics here, but there's an allusion to Paul being dead on here. It's um. See, uh, uh, I thought that you were dead. I thought you crashed your car. No, man, I've been right here this whole time playing bass bass guitar. That's, oh, a, that's, that's a Paul McCartney thing. And, yeah, and, you know, I never thought of it that way. The the fact that the guy that they thought was dead was the bassist. And you got and he's got a mop top too. Does yeah, so there's a big Beatles connection. So that's that's a that's a me that's a me flair. That was that really got get got my niche. Scratched. I thought Gilgamesh was the bass player. <laughs> I don't know. One of them's Mop Toppy. <laughs> that's the dr- that's Ashurbanipal, the drummer. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Which <laughs> <laughs> certainly wasn't. Never thought I'd be having this argument ever, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, personally, I'm glad that we are because this is the content <laughs> that people gotta, are not paying to hear. Somebody has to hash these things out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I do love each character, though. They're all great. I love. Um, okay, so then, yeah. So then, on um, bass is um, wait. So you got, So then, the bassist is. Who did we determine was the bassist? Gilgamesh, right? Gilgamesh, oh, Gilgamesh. is the bassist. Gilgamesh. I think. Sargon's okay. on leads, I think. But isn't Gilgamesh the one whose jaw drops off? Because if that's the yeah. case, then that's not because he's playing bass right there. Oh, okay, no, then Gilgamesh is uh, one of the guitars. On, yeah, he's on. Or is yeah. the keys? Is there a keyboard? Or there are just two guitars in here. I can't tell. You pause on a frame with a goat in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. Is is that a reference to something that? No, you literally paused on a frame where there was no, a goat the the oh. other frame where they're all looking kind of up. Oh, um, take me back to it. Look at it. Let's see where was that? Everything goes so quickly. It's a it's a really it's a it, they got a lot of oh. good imagery in this video. Clearly, yeah. There's oh. one where they're all kind of staring upwards. I don't know. No, it looks like. It. But um, yeah, there's no keyboardist. We got a red guitar, a white guitar, and a white bass. And that's Hammurabi's the bass player. <laughs> oh wait, okay, oh. hold on. This, this one. Okay, Matt's got it. Matt's got it. Okay. Oh, that that looks like um. Oh shoot, that is something. That is something. I can't think of it. At forty nine seconds, there is the all four of them are looking upwards, like in, standing okay. in a line. 
and yeah. we can't figure out what whoever it whoever can uh, whoever can comment on this podcast and name what that is first. I'm gonna send a handwritten letter to. Okay, so here there there is a part where it names all of them. It shows their names. Yeah. So we've got okay. Sargon is the guy with the red guitar. Hammurabi is the bass player. Sure. Okay. Uh, Asher Bonapel is the drummer with the mop top, and he's holding a kitten in Ooh. this frame. And then uh, Gilgamesh is the other guitarist. And he's going a with the white guitar. He's going a, and that's one of the very few gifts. If you if you type, they might be giants into your gift bar. You will find Gilgamesh given the double guns. <laughs> oh, I know. I used it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just for, for any listeners out there, if you're looking for a good, uh, hey, nice one, shooter, that's the one to go to. So now that we've determined who's who, finally, <laughs> that took a while. Thank we, goodness. Because we, <laughs> we're talking about the Beatles. We figured it out. Matt, is there anything you picked up on uh, as far as that goes, referencing uh, other rock bands in the Mesopotamians? Um. Within the video, or like within the song, or the lyrics, or, either. Uh, you know, I I didn't really um, I didn't really take it that way. The stuff that you guys are pointing out is all like it's all very obvious, and it seems like I it's like oh, duh, why didn't I see that? It, it to me it reminded me more of like what Jerome was saying, where it's like the monkeys, where it's almost like it's a sh- it's a show band. Um, or it's like a like a like Josie and the Pussycats or something where it's like not a real band. Uh-huh. Um, so to me, that that imagery and that concept resonated more like listening to it, and then also like being in a band. It was it was uh, it just made it seem like they were singing about like being an actual band. But yeah. he's like, what if we were a band, but just we we're Mesopotamian king? Yeah, you know, <laughs> from from I- five thousand years ago. I think the uh, the twist, yeah, the five thousand years ago, even though they have an Econo line van, I think the twist right. uh, on like you know normally the bands in a TV show would be successful or they'd be on the road to success. Oh sure. But in their case, they're just driving all over looking for gigs. No one, no one knows who they are. Right. And. <laughs> You know, and even if they did see our set, you know, we speak this ancient language that has long been dead or something, right? Yeah. No one cares or can understand what they're saying. Yeah, right. So they have to write it down in the sand. Um, <laughs> uh, not an effective musical form. Uh, <laughs> so this song, I mean, it's got three, essentially, I don't know, two verses and two bridges. It depends on how you're labeling each thing. There's a lot of choruses in this song, which... To me, it it definitely earns the choruses because I want to talk about the backing vocals. Oh, man, let's which, talk about them. Which you guys have backed me up on this. Yep. And they are crazy. What uh, you, you guys is uh, singing those backup harmonizing with each other. Uh, what are your thoughts on these uh, the backup vocals in this song? Um, I... I love it, man, because the especially on on the Gilgameshes for sure, uh-huh. it's such a unique harmony because it's like what, like a sixth or something like that. It's like just below. It's just below there. It's a really nice, nearly yeah. discordant, kind of really, really tight locked harmony. Yeah, I think like instead of going above uh, for the third, third yeah. you're going down for the sixth. Yeah, and that's that's great, and and that that's really unique. But like they have such tight like 
so many cool call and response things here with the names and you know, like it builds that too. So you're right, it does earn it because each time this is those variations on a theme that each time you get through that, you kind of add some more of the harmonies when you get through the second time. Yeah. And then by the time you're around to the fourth and fifth time, kind of you're in these crazy like call and response round things. Yeah, yeah, the round. And then I think my favorite one though, and when we were learning this was tricky, was because <laughs> you were th- still like becoming more and more of a fan of the song. Yeah. Was like, okay, but then there's this one where it goes, the Mesopotamia. <laughs> like it just hangs on that. Just that one time and like figuring out the timing of it for both the music and the and the singing. It was like, whoa. Yeah, because, uh, uh, you know, let's, Greg, let, Greg, let's let Matt jump in here, too, because yeah. he's on, he's hanging out. Uh, there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's it's a, a wonderful chorus and um, I mean, incredibly catchy and, in, and deceptively difficult. Uh, when you listen to it, it's easy to latch on to the melody and sing along to it. Ashurbanipal and Gilgamesh, like it's it's there. Yeah. But like when you're trying to to do the parts correctly, um, there's so many nuances to it that it's easy to get frustrated and it's easy to get lost in it because um, uh, it's a very complex part and. Um, I, I love it. I love singing the song. I love listening to the song. Um, but it was certainly one of the more challenging tunes I've played probably ever. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would agree with that. I mean, the bass part, like I was talking about briefly watching the Conan video, Danny Weinkoff is just such an inventive bassist. He never, in my opinion, overplays, but like, it's like this little counter melody he does, where it's just like these little, little tasty bits that are so cool. And it was just so fun to play, but like singing while playing the bass part was tricky because I don't consider myself a bassist. Uh, you know, all of us guitarists are like, yeah, give me that bass. I can totally do it. But then like yeah, right. when you see someone who's like a bassist, like for real, you're like, okay, I. You know, maybe if I practiced that, I could do it. But like, would you have come up with that? You know, like the inventiveness of the part. That that deceptive simplicity actually wrapped it right back around the Beatles. This actually really reminds me of "Please Please Me" because they mm. have a really cool sixth kind of slant harmony in that too. Mm. And that's it's 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 very segmented as well. It's got you know very distinct kind of phraseology in that song as well. And I also must say, as far as bass players go, Paul McCartney is an underrated bassist. I feel like he has some really cool. Really cool um, musical bass lines. You know, oh, he's not sure. like a shredder, but like it's always tasteful and serves the song, just like Mr. Danny Weinkoff here. Yeah, get you some Tomorrow Never Knows. Why not? Uh, oh, the one thing. Okay, so in the lyrics, uh, the one thing I was never sure about was the um, when he calls. Okay, so. Wait, who calls the... Hold on. <laughs> Back to the lyric page. Ashurbanipal says he's a Mohenjo-Daran. Yeah, a Mohenjo-Daran, yeah. which I had just been singing almost gibberish for like, you know, I mean, over a decade until I actually bothered to <laughs> look it up. And then today, Mohenjo-Daran is someone from Mohenjo-Daro, a city belonging to an ancient civilization in modern-day Pakistan that was... Uh, contemporaneous with Bronze Age Mesopotamia. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> what is he saying? He's like, uh, what is this like some immigrant stuff? You look like someone who's not from here or something. <laughs> well, it's funny is that uh, deeper down, because we're taking a look at some of the, the trivia on here in the wiki, and I thought really interestingly, they pointed out that uh, this was a very kind of of the time song. It was very Iraq focused. It's kind of a response to George Bush in uh, uh, our situation in Iraq, which I thought was really interesting because they basically get much deeper into the cultural culture of the country and of their history than I think that any Americans were thinking of at the time. Yeah, that's that's a good segue into that. And I have talked about, so it was actually a long time into the podcast before I did a song off the else, which was um, Take Out the Trash I did with Mari Morton. And the two of us talked about how um, that song in particular is like a, breakup song basically but we talked about how the album as a whole is kind of um one of their darker albums and they have said as a band they've said that um while they don't try to get too political they don't like to be too topical i think because it, it sometimes that'll date songs you know they want more of a timeless kind of uh nature to their songs that there was kind of like this this dark cloud over the country which we're experiencing again now <laughs> uh that was influencing their songwriting in uh, ways that not they weren't doing like anti George W anthems, but stuff that was affected by uh, that that political landscape. It's it's interesting that you br- brought that up. When was this, this song released? Two thousand five, two thousand seven. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really interesting thing because uh, I I learned it what, two years ago when I was hanging out with you guys in Lafayette. So to me, there was no, it just seemed like one of their kind of goofy educational songs, right? Like, right. you know, they're just like, well, we're going to take this weird historical, like the James K. Polk song and just, we're going to sing about it. And you're like, okay. And you, you're like, well, we'll learn something along the way. Because uh, I was I was listening to it and then I was like, well, what's a Mohenjo-Daro? I, was, I did the same research as you today, Greg. And, um, and I started like researching Mesopotamia a little more deeply than you know my cursory familiarity with it. Um, still, just barely scratching the surface. Yeah, but I'm like, so what was you got? This, was this just a trick to teach us about ancient Mesopotamia? <laughs> like, was it was it like the the obscure casual references like enough that where they were like, hey, look all this stuff up. Maybe we can learn a little bit about this place um, that we're sending people to die in and blow up. Right. Um, so that's, you know, considering the time, that's an interesting, interesting uh, take on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a unique form of intellectual protest. Yeah. (laughs) Get educated. I feel like this song, you know, I've started to notice since like over the past year, especially when the podcast started discovering more fans online through Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. And there's a little bit of a backlash to this song. And you guys aren't like in the trenches with all the crazy super fans like I am, uh, at least I don't think. But in the nope. the, the miscellaneous <laughs> nope. T, so miscellaneous T is the Facebook group that's like the the biggest one for super fans. And there's always just like any you know Star Trek or anything, people are going to be like, "These are my top five episodes." No, that one sucks. These are my top five episodes. Yeah, people hate Star people, Trek Discovery right now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, or they're ranking like the different s- series, right? 
So for, you know, any band, people are going to be arguing over which albums rule, which albums suck, and which songs, you know, whatever. And this song, like, it is an incredibly popular song for them. And they've put it on, like, all these compilations. Like, not only has it been on the else, it was on one, two, three, four, four other compilations they've released since then. <laughs> Different types of compilations. Uh, so obviously they think it's a good song. And uh, let's see, it's been performed. It has 453 known performances. And for a band that has this many songs, and they try to vary their sets a lot, that's a lot of performances. Uh, And so obviously they like the song, and they think people like the song, and I think for the most part people do, but there's a little bit of a backlash with the, um, you know, you always get those people in any fandom that want to like the more obscure stuff. Yeah. You know. Well, I liked I I liked it better when they were a duo, like that kind of thing. But this is like, I think people don't look beneath the surface. Like we're talking about this stuff right now. I think at at surface level, this song is unbelievably catchy. It's got you know just such a great like bounce to the music. the The lyrics are a little silly at the surface, but they're fun to sing, especially all those names. Like I considered it when the album came out when I first was able to sing the whole chorus and all those guys' names, yeah. I considered that a bit of a victory in itself. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but I, I think maybe people are starting to think that it's overplayed or that it's, like, too popular so they don't want to like it. But I'm like, come on, man. This song is undeniably amazing. Well, tonally, it's very poppy, too. You know, it's very... Yeah. But know. it's not like... I mean, they've had plenty of poppy songs. I, I don't know... You know, I'd have to find one of those people that I heard heard talking about it. You know, it's it's you know, it's definitely the minority, but it's always the vocal minority that are like, I could see it being like divisive. Yeah, right. For Rawr. some reason, it's too popular. It's yes. too catchy. People it's can't too, like what they like. Right. It's not weird enough. You know. <laughs> I mean, hell, Matt, you were on the Rabid Child episode. I mean, you can't get much further sonically, like with one band between Rabid Child and the Mesopotamians. No, you cannot. <laughs> If someone if if someone played those two songs back to back without me knowing who they were, I would not believe it was the same band. Yeah. Or or if when I was a kid and my sisters were like, "Hey, you heard Rabbit Child off this album that came out two years ago?" Well, here's a, here's one that's going to come out in twenty years. Uh, do you believe this is the same band? I say absolutely not. No, yeah. is that's the same as Linnell's voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and that's why I love them because they, and one thing that I can say for the fandom is that people pretty much stick with them. Like I, I someone brought this up in the in the fan groups too about how like people will argue like oh this album's better than this one or whatever, and some people like to get all up in arms about certain albums like being downright bad, but I, I think for the most part. People have stuck with them, and where with most bands, even like you can say, oh, The Clash put out Cut the Crap, and everyone agrees that's horrible. Yeah. While They Might Be Giants have put out 21 albums, and there's no one album where everyone's in agreement like, no, that sucks. (laughs) Or like when Velvet Underground, like when they went on without Lou Reed, it's like everyone's like, nope, that's not a Velvet Underground album. Not really. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They Might Be Giants have never put out an album where everyone's like, Forget this band forever. One thing that struck me was, you know, I, I, we mentioned the top of the show. I played Don't Let's Start, which was, you know, their first hit. Um, 
And the thing that struck me about learning that, also a very deceptively complicated song. Yeah. Uh, but it's so tight. It is so tight. And it's it's very it's tight in a very just fully formed kind of groovy way. And Mesopotamians is like that locked in feel is still there. Like that's yeah. not ever gone away. Yeah, Matt, what do you think about that? If if your sisters played you Don't Let Start and then they played you the Mesopotamians, would you believe that was the same band? <laughs> uh no, I mean, it, it, it would, the evolution could, I could fathom that evolution. Right. But it's still, there's a, there's a, it's, you can tell they've gotten older with Mesopotamian. Old. It's because it's jazzy. Spin driving around. These guys got into jazz, man. I mean, so, so the last, cool. The last. The last you got to hear the notes he's not playing. <laughs> oh, I can do that at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like he's playing a, a violin or a cat with a violin or what? <laughs> I don't know. We're just doing random Simpsons quotes. Here. Uh, the the thing is, is like my last real knowledge of um, they might be giants. Like when I was listening to them regularly, was Factory Showroom and. Um, and John Henry, and I think in Factory Showroom, there's a lot of this stuff. They start breaching into this Mesopotamian-type territory. Uh-huh. Where it gets a little more poppy. It gets a little away from weird art rock. Um, even though there's still a bunch of that on the album, um, I think that's kind of a transitional record for me. So having heard that, like, Mesopotamian would totally make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something I brought up, actually... Um... I think before this episode comes out, I've got an episode coming out with um, Adam Gore and Adam and his package about the Linnell's uh, solo project, State Songs. But the first episode he was on was See the Constellation, which you are familiar with, right, off Apollo 18, Matt? Uh, I I haven't heard that one in a long time. Uh, it's the one that starts out with the D.D. Ramone, one, two, three, four, that one. <laughs> <laughs> no? No, man. It's been a long time since <laughs> okay. I listened to that album. Just a guy made of dots and lines. So that was where I pinpointed where Flansburg discovered, like, hey, I can write these power pop songs that aren't necessarily super bizarre, but, like, they're going to get us gigs like Malcolm in the Middle in the future. Like, yeah. Boss of Me is just, like, a kick-ass power pop song. It's not, like, experimental art rock whatever, you know, that they've done on other songs. And and this is kind of in that lineage. I mean, it's a Linnell song, but I, I think they both kind of found this groove where they're like, mm-hmm. you know, we can have really weird songs, but also we can just rock out and like sing a big ass hook. Yeah. yeah. See, I, it feels like at, for a little time, like when I was a kid, I got more familiar with They Might Be Giants, the commercial entity, than They Might Be Giants, you know, the, the album producing sure. art rock band. And like there was such a unique distinction and it was very separate for a long time, just as somebody who didn't have access to a lot of indie music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I was born in 1992. So, <laughs> yeah, I kind of <laughs> missed the big giants wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's OK, man. And, you know, any way we can we can get them more fans and whenever they come around to the band, it's all good. You know, I've had people on who, like, the first album they ever heard was, like, the ones that came out, like, four years ago. And it's, like, 
it, it blows my mind, but I'm like, well, they're a y- lot younger than me. It makes sense, but it's nice to know that this band is still making new, fresh fans, as well as, for the most part, keeping, you know, most of their old fans. It's almost like they've got, they've locked into, like, this Weird Al thing where it's, like, generations of people, and, and having kids' albums also helped, because those kids are growing up. Their first kids' album came out in 2002, so those kids are in high school now, you know, and... Well, I mean, they're, yeah, they're graduating high school. I mean, it's like, you know, you keep passing down this band yeah. and they have, I mean, I've, you know, you haven't, you haven't seen them live, Jerome. No. Um, Matt, did you say, had you seen them, seen them live? I've not. Yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of like that because I've seen Weird Al live and I've seen They Might Be Giants live a bunch of times. There's a very wide range of people at these shows. And I think a song like Mesopotamians is just how I said that you could show this video to kids but also as an adult, you can see that, well, it's a little dark, you know, the yeah, video oh, yeah. as well as the song. Uh, it can uh, appeal to a broad range of ages, whereas Rabbit Child would probably terrify an elementary schooler and it would take someone of like at least like later high school, college, that college era where you're like, I listen to weird stuff now, you know, <laughs> but as a kid, you'd be like, oh, it sounds yucky. Definition of college radio. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the one little bit when we were when we were debating over about it being a show or a book or whatever, there's a little bit in the tidbit that a tidbit in the trivia, the tidbit in the tidbit uh, that probably should have maybe I'll edit it and put it back where it should have gone. Where it's <laughs> this song originally existed as a demo produced, uh, so the demo was produced with the intention of release with a picture book for children. Um, so we've got this book called Bed Bed Bed, which they wrote and did songs for. Uh, and then apparently, I guess they had another book called Kids Go. I don't know that one. But this was supposed to be for another kid's book, but the project never came together, the wiki says. So Linnell changed or modified the lyrics, and then they used it on the else. So it was supposed to be a kid's song. Huh. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Very interesting. So is it covers time? It's covers time. Sure. Let's get under the covers, fellas. You ready? I'm I'm so ready. <laughs> okay. Uh, this first one, actually, Jerome was talking about the cover art on the else creeping him out. So I would like to go to this first band called Spooky Girls, who's actually two men, and they did the whole album, the covers album for the else. That's creeping me out. Yeah, and so they even staged their own version of the cover art. So uh, did you get a chance to check this out yet, Matt? Yes. Jerome, not so much. Nope. So let's listen to a little bit. So Spooky Girls, who are, uh, they've appeared once, uh, what episode were they on? Um, Well, I guess it was Take Out the Trash. And did they appear? Okay, so I've done, so they covered the whole thing. I did Take Out the Trash, and I did with, uh, no, I did, what was the other one? Careful What You Pack. I think they've gotten played twice. I mean, Every time I talk about a song off the else, they're probably going to get played. And uh, check this one out, Jerome. Spooky Girls. Been driving around From one end of this town To the other and back But no one's ever seen us Driving our Econoline van And no one's ever heard of our band We're the 
Mesopotamians Sargon, Hammurabi, Asher, Manapal, and Gilgamesh They wouldn't understand a word we say So we'll scratch it all down into the clay Half believing there will sometime come a day Someone gives a damn Maybe when the concrete has crumbled to sand We're the Mesopotamians Sargon, Hammurabi, Asher, Manapal, and Gilgamesh. The Mesopotamus. I think what I like about this one is how it's got that little swing, yeah, you know, in the drum machine for yeah. the verse, but then all of a sudden in the chorus they just take it to straight eighths. Yeah, crush it, boys. <laughs> yeah, they're just crush like it, boys. Smash into the chorus, and you know, Girls. this is obviously lo-fi, and um, I love it though. Yeah, me too, because it's just, you know, they did this whole album, and I don't know how long they took to make it, but I kind of like the kind of thrown-together approach, especially for a song that is so, so poppy, to make it kind of uh, ragged. What do you think, Matt? Uh, I think it shows how difficult this song is to cover. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't mean that, I don't mean that derisively, I mean that like even listening to all the other ones, and I'll say this now uh, instead of listening through them all. Uh, but no one can seem to stick that chorus. I don't think we could. No, like they, 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 they. Uh, the guy on the acoustic guitar is like way behind the beat. Like he can't keep up with it. Like this, they're having trouble staying on on rhythm with it. Um, like that chorus is so difficult and it's so hard yeah. to get it right yeah um and uh you know i i i admire everyone who's ever covered the song including ourselves <laughs> yeah and you know when i was looking for covers <laughs> god damn it i admire us too <laughs> you know i you know yeah for a song or where like i said some people are like oh it's so poppy and popular well okay if it's such a popular song why wasn't i running into a bajillion cover versions like the ones right. that I sent you, Matt, are literally all of the ones that I found, and one of them is us. So there are three, three covers, yeah. three other covers, <laughs> and ours. Okay, so let's, let's. It's a hard song. Yeah, I think people are scared by it. Is it really that simple of a pop rock song if nobody can manage to pull it off? I mean, come on. Come on. Let's go on to the next one. So you can find uh, the Spooky Girls stuff on spookygirls.bandcamp.com. And I think they do a lot of other cover stuff. Yeah, so seriously though, check it out because it's it's fun. Check it out. So now we're going to SoundCloud. The user is Easy Amor, I think is how you'd say it. Easy lover. Yeah, exactly. Let's so capital it. E, capital Z, A M O R. Easy Amor is how I'm gonna say it. And this is the Mesopotamians uh, instrumental version. And it's got a little bit of old school MIDI flavor. So are you ready for this, Jerome? Mmm, MIDI flavor, yes. Let's check it out. Greg, do the, the words band in a box mean anything to you?
I super love the demo mode on every keyboard. <laughs> it is like the demo mode. Like, yeah, you, like you pick this up at a pawn shop or something yeah. and you go through all the little demo songs. Casio's about ready to march into <laughs> Saints Go Marching In. And it just starts playing this. So they do kind of have uh, on every other beat. They do have panned like a bump, 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 bump. You know, like sounds like a, a banjo sound. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Doctor Beat a little bit. <laughs> Good old Doctor Beat. <laughs> what do What do you think of this one, Matt? Of uh, the MIDI one? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was interesting. I, I think this was the one that I was thinking about where the where the where the patch for the cor- for the chorus wasn't quite right. Like the, the horn has sort of a delayed sound, so it just sounds all over the place. Like I think the verses yeah. are, are good, but once it gets to the chorus, it just everything falls apart and nothing yeah. really stays on rhythm. Um, I think it's that typical so, like cheap keyboard where you put on the brass setting and it just goes wah 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 wah. <laughs> it's attack. Right, really I think bad. it's the wrong yeah. patch. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It doesn't cut through. Like, the melody is lost a little bit. And it does get a little loosey. Yeah. Sounds like uh, they might be the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> get up to that mic, man. I'm losing you. Oh, you're losing me. There he is. I'm, I'm losing him. He's falling asleep over here. I didn't even... I was going to offer him a beer, but he took a Coke. But still, he's, like, over here getting sleepy. We're almost done. I don't I don't drink, man. Let's listen to this acoustic dude do it. Because when, when you're by yourself for this song... You know, you don't have to address the backup vocal problem. You know, you what know, we do have to address, though, what is the title plate to this video is an afternoon with my guitar and they might be giants. Yep. And this guy uh, has been on. Uh, I really should keep better track of who's getting covers on the show, because you'll see people like us who we don't just do one. They might be giants cover. We do a bunch of them. So these same people keep popping up and he's. um here I seem doing Anna Ng, but he definitely was not an Anna Ng episode. I don't think I found that one. But uh, this guy, Kesval2, is his YouTube uh, name. I don't see his real name in here. Uh, but, yeah, he has this nice little title here for the Mesopotamians. So let's listen to uh, just an acoustic guitar cover, um, which is pretty tricky in itself. Mm-hmm. Are you ready, Jerome? I am prepared. Lots of nice background hiss. Been driving around from one end of this town to the other and back, but no one's ever seen us driving our Econo line van, and no one's ever heard of our band. We're the Mesopotamians, Sargon, Hammurabi, Ashabana, Pal, and. Okay, <laughs> I just noticed as I scrolled down to YouTube, the uh, a year ago, and this was posted seven years ago. Top comment, uh, or wait, eight years ago. Uh, so top comment, man, you remind me of Ed Helms. 
What do you think, Matt? Does he look like Ed Helms? <laughs> I was I was gonna say something, and I think it's hilarious that you did because as soon as you put you sent me this video, I clicked and like, is that Ed Helms doing a cover of the Mesopotamians? And I didn't look at the comment until just now when I when I pulled the video back up. Good thing he's recovering, cut, recording his end. <laughs> Oh, Ed Helms. Well, hey, Ed Helms Hello? is actually a very good singer and uh, banjo player. Uh, Matt, as a guy who plays in a, a rock band as well as solo a lot, and you've done a yeah. lot of covers of stuff with just you and an acoustic guitar, how do you think yeah. uh, this guy here, Kesval 2, whatever your real name is, how do you think he did? I think he did a pretty good job. I think it's, like I said, with everything, it's a difficult song, and like you mentioned before, you don't have to deal with the backing vocal part, but that's what I think really sets this song apart as uh, the song, the you know, the great song that it is. Like you can play, you know, you can play it by yourself and you can sing it, but it doesn't have really the same impact as it does when you have two or three extra voices singing on it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it loses some of its complexity, but I mean, even. Anyone who plays guitar, even if you've never learned it yourself, if you're watching him play it, you'd be like, oh, I know all those chords, but man, they're moving fast. And there's a lot, there's a lot of chords. Yes. Yeah, so so when we, I think it's an accomplishment in itself. Yeah, when we've been learning it, I kind of wish I had that video that I could have learned to play along with instead of, like, I think we wrote the chords down, like, on a piece of paper with marker. And I think I just folded them up and put them in my pocket. Like, and I was like, okay, I guess these are the chords. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he plays it in the original key, and that just jogged my memory as to what other episode he's been on. He, was, he did a cover of Unrelated Thing, uh, which is a John Henry song. And yeah. I remember specifically because he changed the key of it uh, just from being able to look at his hands. I'm like, oh, he's not playing it in C or whatever it was. So, yeah, so yeah. this is this guy's second appearance. And... Uh, while the recording quality could be better, there's a lot of room hissing there. I'd, I'd like to hear this guy do like a legit recording because he, I mean, it sounds good. Yeah. So should we listen to the greatest cover of all? Yes, please. <laughs> I've been on the edge of my damn seat. <laughs> so now it's, yeah, it's a shame that you had already moved by the time that this happened. And, Matt, you know, did you hear this? We've... <laughs> We, yeah. Have you have you listened to this version here with with Parker Parker's lovely rendition? Of, on oh, guitar? I listened to most of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the exact right amount to listen to. Okay, so this is to, to set it up for the folks. We've we've talked a couple times about the "Don't Let's Start Live" episode, and this I mean this will definitely be coming out in February, so it will have been about a year past. Uh, since we did this, we had a huge set, probably bit off more than I could chew live set <laughs> after the episode and it went late. I mean, I don't remember what time we started the podcast. It was a reasonable hour, like seven or eight maybe. Yeah, but yeah, by yeah. the time, so the exquisite dead guys, Jerome, me, and then y your replacement Parker, Denny, uh, had, it, Parker had a few in them. Let's just say that. And Jerome probably had a couple too. Yeah, a couple of things. I was the sober guy a trying to hold it down. Things. Yeah, <laughs> a couple bowls of nachos. Yeah, yeah. And it was like probably around midnight, but it had been a long night. And Jerome actually at the beginning, do you remember what you say at the beginning? 
Oh, no. Okay, I'm just going to play this because Jerome's got it. I left in a lot of the talk on this because it's just funny. Okay, here we go. All right, guys, let's do this. Let's do this and get out of here. Got to be at work in like four and a half hours. Are you for real? For real. Okay. Hey, got to be at work in four and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be at work in four and a half hours. The drums and you accent your own. You put an exclamation point at the end of the For real. <laughs> oh man. One end of this town to the other and back. But no one's ever seen us driving our Econoline van. And no one's ever heard of our band. We're the Mesopotamians. Sargon, Hammer, Robbie, Ashurbanipal. Yeah, so Parker is a great guitarist. I will say that he's a fantastic guitarist. His favorite band's Oasis, but I won't hold that against him too much. He lives in Shredtown. He lives in Shredtown. And so when it comes to like, here, you got to lock down this complicated chord progression <laughs> in a after you've had like eight beers. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh my God, why? And like by the end of the song, he's it's just like, oh, so off the rails. It, yeah. It's like, <laughs> if you like, and me, like it was just like dude, rhythm section could, yeah. and vocals. We should have duetted it. And guitar just like doing whatever. I don't know. He was probably just playing D minor over and over <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? What What do you think of the, how how we've disgraced the good name of the exquisite dead guys? I'm suing you for everything you've got. <laughs> I'm still in the picture. I can't have my reputation sullied by this. No, I I, I actually I liked it. Uh, I think it was like I could tell. I mean, just based on Jerome yelling, "Hey, I'm tired. I want to go to bed." Uh, it sounded like it sounded like there may have been more than something than you know that was into you than just the spirit of the music. Yeah. Um, but but I think I think the vocals you sound like Linnell, Greg. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but you sound like Linnell a little bit. It sounds it sounds like it could have almost been you know if they might be giants like wrote it drunk and then recorded like on you know that night they wrote it. Like it sounds yeah. like. It, <laughs> Uh, it, sounds like a, yeah. it sounds like a pretty good cover to me. I, I, I like the spirit of it. It sounds great. Thank God we're done. Turn that guitar off. I'm so tired.
I will say when, when the when the whole episode comes out, our version of experimental film, I think, is passable. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Jerome. Uh, we locked down. I mean, P- Parker, he he did pretty good on that one, yeah, yeah if yeah. I recall correctly. But <laughs> that uh, the second time. But Matt, if you get a, a chance to to click through the other, so we we played them all in a row at, at the show. But I spaced yeah. them out on the playlist here. But if you look at those exquisite dead guys ones, um, yeah, I think experimental film did pretty well, and I've got some cool dude signed up for that episode so it will be getting played nice. there believe me i will i i have no shame i will play my own covers whenever possible um but if <laughs> i feel like we really need to do this song justice and even though it's a lot of work if you guys want to i will record this for real like a for real cover uh and record Jerome over here and myself over here and then I don't know if you have a way, and I will cut this out of the episode if it doesn't happen, but uh, all this blathering. <laughs> but if you have a way to record, because we talked about even, you know, like doing a theme or whatever, which I mean, we could still do that, a theme for this <laughs> show. But uh, if we want to actually lay down a passable, non drunk version of Mesopotamians with our original guitarist, get some Mr. Matt Monta, uh, you know, sauce on this uh, tasty, I, tasty dish. I, I do have logic. And um, you know a lot of guitars and microphones, yeah. so I can I can record yeah. whatever parts you'd want okay. me to record. Yeah, because this uh, I mean this uh, I, I don't have as huge a pile of episodes as I did last time. You had uh, Matt had to wait a long time for both of his episodes to air, but uh, this one we probably got at least a, we probably got a month. Okay, because I think I got four episodes <laughs> in line before this. So if we can pull it off in a month, I will drop in our original lineup exquisite dead guys cover um, right oh. now been driving around from one end of this town to the other and back but no one's ever seen us driving our line band and no one's ever heard of our band where the mesopotamia
react to it <gasps> oh man you know what i was oh. really nervous that drum part wasn't gonna go the way it did but i just it do. i just gasped <clears throat> in uh just sheer amazement that those guys were able to pull off matt was so good i know right and you guys locked in those it was incredible harmonies. experience it, <laughs> the way he played that thing <laughs> get that thing <laughs> get that ring i sent you yeah. uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Let's do some some plugs here. Now, Mr. Jerome here, your main gig, Frank Muffin, has a pretty big thing going on this year. You want to tell the folks about it? Oh, my gosh. We sure, 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 sure do. Sure as um, shit. You're allowed to swear. Oh, my God. We sure as <laughs> shit do. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So we are doing um, the 52, we're calling it. And the 52 Volume 1 is, is going to be released soon. And what that is, we're releasing a new song every week. And this is all multi-tracked, all recorded and mastered who do you think you are they might be giants so no um <laughs> a song every week that is insane so we're, we're attempting that uh and we we're, we're through the first 14 so far for next year so we're, we're kind of sitting sitting okay on the first uh you know couple months um but our patreon the way we're releasing them i think is kind of cool so we have our patreon up and if you're a patreon subscriber you're going to get every song every week you can download uh but every- so wait are you doing Cause I pl- I pledged to Kickstarter. You doing Kickstarter? Oh no no sorry Kickstarter yeah. Kickstarter. Okay there you go Kickstarter. Yeah. Scratch that Kickstarter. Kickstarter not Patreon. Patreon's for something else I'm doing. Um, <laughs> no Kickstarter's for Frank Muffin. Uh, Kickstarter's for Frank Muffin. If you're a Kickstarter uh, supporter, you get every every song of the week it comes out. Booyah! But uh, if you don't want to download, it, if you just want to listen to it every week, the songs to be available to stream on um, SoundCloud or on uh, Bandcamp or Spotify. So we're gonna have it up a couple places to stream, but you can own it every week. Uh, and if you don't want to do either of those, if you're just like, man, I really like to listen to Jerome in album form, uh, no one's ever said that. First time <laughs> sentences. Uh, <laughs> it's a first time sentence. Um, no, if, uh, if you hey, I've recorded an album that you're on, or side B of an album that you're on, and, and I liked, I, I enjoyed the whole experience. Greg, you're so complimentary, it's gross. Um, <laughs> But no, what I was saying is uh, if you don't want to listen every week, either buying it or streaming it for free, Every time we release 13 of them, uh, they're going to go up in volumes on Spotify as albums. So there are so many ways to listen to Frank Muffin this year that if you don't and you know me, I'm you're, you're out of my life. You're done. Frank Muffin, more yeah. than meets the eye. I, was, I wish I was a robot. Look what I'm wearing. Oh, my gosh. So Greg, <laughs> Greg actually has an exclusive Frank Muffin t-shirt that's there's only one of this color, period, and that's for Greg. I have my purple, my purple Frank Muffin shirt. Claire made me a purple. She's a shirt, too. So Ours I got is better. To um, collect them all. <laughs> More than meets the Greg. And then you've also got a new band that uh, oh there isn't gosh. that much for people to check out yet. No, but, but they're called Dave and the Linders. Because uh, Dave is, Linder is the. How did he get to name the band like that? Why is it named after him? Is he, he didn't and he hates it. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Who he's named a, it? He's that? a very modest man. Um, he, uh, we named it uh, collectively. Uh, Dave and the Linders is kind of like pop. 
the pop prog f- f- funk metal Funky? rock. Okay. Punk. Who do you think you are? They might be giants. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a rollicking good time fun punk band basically out here in Lafayette. And then there's a new project coming out called Sins of the Mother. Wait, what? Yes, it is a new funk band coming out here very shortly that we have some tunes that are are being recorded as we Sins speak. of the Mother. Sins of the Mother. It Who's is, in this? That is David, the bass player for the amazing band Traveling at Broken Out of Gas. Um, and also is in Dave and the Linders, right? He's also right? in Dave and the Linders, yes. Incestuous. Sarah Harwood, who is also in Dave and the Linders, but and uh, also into the mother, and also uh, Hans Reese uh, is going to be drumming for that. Uh, he's the lead singer of Frank Muffins. So we're going to slap some skins. Drumming. And I'm going to yeah. play guitar and keys, and it's uh, it's not... Uh, Dave and Linders is a good, fun time. Uh, Sins of the Mother is going to be a real groovy time. It's going to be some pretty, wow. pretty tight stuff. Wow. You, you just got a whole bunch going on. Well, and, I think I am, Greg. And is... Is your podcast going to launch by the time this... Not by the time this airs, but I do have a couple people lined up. So if you want oh. to talk about your musical influences... Yeah, um, I already told you that I do. Not you, Greg. People <laughs> listen to this. I, you're going to talk... Listen, you guys want Greg to talk about something on a microphone? Guess who, do it. Guess who one of my influences is? It's better be me. <laughs> uh, Cannibal Corpse. That's right. Hey, let's talk about Matt. <laughs> Matt, uh, let's plug your stuff. Do you have any new tunes that I have not uh, I've come across? I mean, we played. Um, oh, what was the song we played on Rabbit Child? It was the it was the new single you had at the time. Do you have any new tunes that we should uh, point the people towards or drop a clip in or any such thing? Uh, not fit for mass consumption, but okay. uh, anything you want to listen to, you can go to mattmonta.com. Yeah. One of the things I love most about Matt Montes is his name is alliterated, and it's just so concise. I know. Why couldn't my name have been Greg Gimson? I would have Greg Gregson. <laughs> Greg Gregson? What about or, Sim- Simp Simpson? <laughs> or Sreg Simpson? <laughs> oh, my God. Snreg. It's the bizarro Greg. <laughs> Snrub. <laughs> Well, it might be time to call it quits. <laughs> I think so. It's 1130 at night. And uh, since having a child, that is now considered late. And we'll see. We're already, Car and I were already debating if we're going to make it to midnight tomorrow. And I think we're just going to play it by ear. Because midnight is New Year's Eve. Because uh, that's when we're recording. Later. And yeah. Now you've dated us. It's New Year's Eve Eve. Yes. And uh, me and Matt are officially old. Jerome, I'm not around. as old. Hey, look at these grays, dude. Oh yeah, you're 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 you got a Frank Muffin gig for New Year's Eve, and I'm mad at all of you guys for like all my friends' bands playing at different venues on the same night, a night of which I'm not going to stay up late oh, enough for. Anyway, I'm so well connected. I have <laughs> I could go anywhere and know a band. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Th- Three bands, two of which I've recorded, and one of which I've played shows with a couple of times. There's not that many bands in Lafayette, Matt. There's still like there's like one new band since you left. That's about it. Right. What about there's the two, two new bands? You're in Jerome's. There's band. two in Jerome's in, in both, both of them, <laughs> but they don't have any records yet. So, and, or in, you guys played a show. How many covers do you have for if you David Lenders? Yeah, how long one. of a set did you play? We played a thirty-five minute set. and We have one cover. Wow! And, it, and the cover is Day Tripper. Okay, <laughs> but heavy. But he- but heavy. Yeah, but heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's time I to think go. we need to wrap this up. So thanks. <laughs> Bye, Matt. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening to This Might Be a Podcast going uh, over an hour and a half. Uh, Though some technical difficulties will be edited, edited out. It's going to be about four minutes. <laughs> four minutes long. But you can email me, this might be a pod at Gmail, Twitter at this might be a pod, Facebook.com slash this might be a podcast. I've got this might be a podcast.com. This might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. Everywhere. Everywhere and and anywhere that you'd want to be. Leave me a voicemail if you want. 22483. I forgot the number. And that'll do it. <laughs> Look in the description. Yeah, you'll find it. Uh, so thanks, guys. That was fun and silly, just as I expected. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Jerome. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Bye.